Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, the panic is very real. It is very, very real. There's no doubt about it. And I'll tell you something. If you're interested in listening to a piece of audio that seems to exemplify the panic, certainly among politicians, I would recommend that you listen listen to New York Representative Jamie Raskin from the Biden subpoena hearing just the other day. It would have been on Wednesday. You can look that up on YouTube. I'm telling you what, he was panicked beyond belief throughout the entire hearing. He knew that they didn't have the votes in order to avoid a subpoena of Hunter Biden in front of that committee. And throughout the entire hearing, which was, I mean, it lasted hours and hours and hours. It went on all morning and then well into the afternoon. He was flat out losing his mind. You have to keep in mind when this was happening and everything else that was happening, of course, on Wednesday, all hell was breaking loose regarding Jews in New York, the tunnels, so on and so forth. And then Hunter Biden shows up in that very committee meeting and, uh, you know, uninvited, of course, and walks in, sits down, listens to a few exchanges from congressmen and women, and then gets up and leaves. When all of that took place, of course, that's when all hell broke loose. But Jamie Raskin before that was losing his mind, and then after that was losing his mind. Now, of course, he too is Jewish, but even, I mean, even with all of that aside, everything political that could go wrong for all politicians, frankly, doesn't matter what side of the aisle they sit on, it's all going badly for all of them. They're all flipping out. And this is great. Again, we are almost two weeks now into 2024, and all hell is breaking loose. So, you know, I, I mean, I suppose we could all do this, and, and I'm thinking on doing this myself because I feel like at the end of the year, I almost just want to revisit this giant list of all of the psyops and all of the false flags and all of the different things that occur in this one giant timeline. I really would like to keep track of that. And I, you know, it's almost too much, I think, but I'll do my best if I can, because I think reading such a list at the end of this year is really going to be interesting. Again, it's, it, it would be next to impossible to keep track of such a list. The information is flying in so fast, and there's so much going on that uh, it, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. You can't say this isn't biblical, this kind of information that's dropping. Certainly, again, for those of us blessed enough to be awake and those of us who are not in the matrix and completely unplugged and seeing this for what it is, the content and the learning and the information that is so available is so frequent that it has truly made the American education system, K-12 through university, 100% obsolete. I, I don't even have a comparison. It would be like saying, well, why don't you put on these old dirty tennis shoes that have been around since you know the early 1900s and, and far earlier than that? Why don't you just put these back on when brand new, better fitting, better looking tennis shoes are being thrown at your face on a daily basis. It's amazing. This is, I mean, this is incredible. I'm loving it. 
I'm absolutely loving this. It doesn't mean that it's always easy. I know that 2024 is, is you know, continues to be hard for endless people. But this information that's coming out, the learning that's taking place, and for those of us, of course, that are addicted to learning and love learning and learning the truth, good Lord, this is, this is great stuff. It's just great. I have a ton of stuff here that I, that I have to bring up in this episode regarding a number of different things. And again, it's, we're talking about way beyond pattern recognition here. This is, you know, th- these are endless examples of qualitative reasoning and analysis that I've brought up here on the show and certainly brought up in the last episode. And I, I think I said in the last episode very clearly, I said, always pay attention to what people do not say. Pay attention to what they don't say. And then, of course, pay attention to how they spin particular stories and, and particular events as to what really goes on. And then these individuals will out themselves in the blink of an eye. And they are doing that. And with that said, I, I really do want to encourage my, uh, you know, the, the listeners of this show here to always watch the war videos that I put out on BitChute and Rumble. I, I do that for a variety of reasons, but I do it because it's a nice compliment, I think, to what I, I try to bring up verbally here on the show. And of course, you don't hear my voice in the war videos. It's it's memes, news headlines, you know. Uh, Funny memes, educational memes, you name it. And then, of course, a video portion toward the end. So I would always encourage people to watch those as well as listening to this if, if you have the time and if you can. But either way, again, the, the, these individuals, again, that, that claim to be the gatekeepers, of course, they would never say that, but they certainly are, and they're certainly paid by the Jewish lobby. They have outed themselves based on that one story, based on the one event of that major synagogue, and it's a huge synagogue, being completely overrun and all of the panic associated with it. They've outed themselves like nobody's business. Ben Shapiro, Tim Poole, Chaya Ratchik, whose libs of TikTok, this, I mean, it's all these people. And, and you can't forget this. These are not allies of us. These are not allies of freedom and independence. These are individuals who are paid by people to keep a particular narrative going in a particular direction. And if they happen to be Jewish, well, then they double down on their gatekeeping because that's who they are. And if they're Zionists, which clearly they are, and they've said so on their own social media platforms, that's not good either. But I got to tell you, it's just, it's absolutely remarkable. Let, Let me start with this. I do have another post that I want to read, and I don't think I've ever read it on the show, um, but I'll get to that toward the end of this particular portion of, of the synagogue talk here. This particular post, however, came from the Chan boards back on the 9th, so a few days ago. You can take it with a grain of salt all you'd like, but just give this a listen. And again, this is what they put out on the boards. They said the following, quote, this is allegedly one individual saying this. They said, former NYPD turned private investigator here. They called in a lot of people to look at these tunnels. If you want to know the truth, this issue goes way back, like finding out there's hollow ground under a pothole in the street. Most of the time, the rabbis paid hush money because they were scared shit of being sued by the city. But now it looks like the temple and some of the businesses are at risk of being shut down. Why they did try removing 
while they did rather try removing a lot of stuff, and I mean they were so still blatantly tampering with the crime scene. We had to jail a few people till they finally stopped. There was still a lot of stuff they didn't remove. Here are some of the things of note in no particular order. Digging equipment, shovels, jacks, wheelbarrows, cement mix, and rope. Various substances, marijuana and hashish confirmed. Lab already confirmed cocaine and ecstasy. Results are still incomplete. Various clothing, adults and children. Piles of children's shoes. And swimsuits, yet no pool. Filthy mattresses and pillows. Blood and feces confirmed. Dried blood on a lot of places. Countertops, floors, walls, socks. A makeshift furnace was also found. Then they wrapped it up and said, Right now, we are still in discovery, so we are just gathering information, but this place is really giving me a bad vibe, and I can't explain why. I'm also on duty, so I can't guarantee any replies. Unquote. Again, we saw much of that in the video itself, and the multiple videos that have come out themselves, but I'll tell you what, the more this hits the mainstream and the more it hits the internet, it's just going to overwhelm the public. And that's a good thing, because the mainstream media isn't going to touch this with a 10-foot pole. They don't show these videos. Again, we are the news. We are the news. We have to bring this information to the public, not because of any other reason other than the fact that we work for God and that this is the truth. And we have to be the investigators because, of course, they aren't. So here's Ben Shapiro. Let me get to one of his tweets. Absolutely ridiculous. He said, quote, Predictably, online neo-Nazis have seized on videos of Orthodox Jews escaping from NYPD through alternative egresses. We're seeing terms like Jew sewer rat and references to blood libel from absolutely baseless claims about a stained mattress. Sigh, where to begin? I truly cannot take much more of this. Unquote. That was on January 8th. Alternative egresses is what he calls them. Holes in the ground where Jews are on video escaping through the ground out of these tunnels and then running out into the dead of night. Alternative egresses. <laughs> My God. My God. What do you call a porta potty then? I mean, what does he call a porta potty? An alternative evacuation location? The names that they use to justify their stances on this and their cover-up of it is absolutely incredible. Let me give you Exhibit B. Chiarachik. This is Libs of TikTok. This is from Chiarachik's personal Twitter account, or X account. She said the following, quote, The disgraceful teens who dug underneath a well-respected synagogue, did so on their own after being explicitly told not to. They went, against, they went against synagogue leadership. Gen Z was taught that nothing is more important than their feelings, and now they're emboldened to act entitled and spoiled with zero regard or respect for others. We keep seeing this time and time again in all, our in all our institutions. We must fix the broken education system. 
the future of our country depends on it, unquote. Now, I got to tell you, this one too, this hits new levels of rationalization and cognitive dissonance. Absolutely amazing. She's a mental patient, this woman. I'm starting to wonder whether or not she enjoys all of the posts that she makes about transgenders and queers in the, uh, in the education profession, so to speak, or the business or whatever, the, the corrupt institutions. I wonder if she gets off on it. Every sentence in this tweet is a rationalization. Disgraceful teens, she calls them. And that they did it on their own. That's not true. In fact, it's already come out that they hired illegal aliens to help them dig it. And that they aren't taking any responsibility. They're actually blaming illegal aliens for digging this tunnel and digging these tunnels. Which, by the way, also happened to be exactly across the street from a children's museum. That's not suspicious at all, is it? Then she makes, of course, the very lowbrow comment that everybody makes where they generalize an entire generation of people. She says Gen Z was taught that nothing is more important than their feelings and they're emboldened and entitled and spoiled with no regard or respect for others. An entire generation. That these are all Gen Z problems. That it's not the elderly Jews that had anything to do with this. No, no, no. It was just a couple of rambunctious, disgraceful teens. Absolutely outrageous. And then, of course, she blames the institutions then. It's the broken education system and we have to fix it. No, it has to be destroyed. The complete degradation of society comes from multiple angles, as we all know. And the education system, so to speak, the torture chambers that are schools and the indoctrination and the brainwashing and you name it. All of that is a needle in a stack of needles. It is a piece of a much larger puzzle. It's not the sole reason. Again, it's taxation, it's the workforce, it's the destruction of the home, marriage, the family, uh, media, of course, and all of the mediums that exist within media itself, everything from pseudo-entertainment all the way to where people gather their quote-unquote news. It's a thousand things. And, I'll make this statement, it's also people like her and posts like this that are contributing to it. Because nothing about this post is accurate. Not a single thing. In fact, that leads me to Tim Pool's Tim Pool's tweet. Uh, I don't have it offhand, but I did put it on Gab, and I put it in the war video. He openly said that I heard that he said something like, "I heard that they built the tunnels during COVID because they wanted to uh, they, they wanted to pray down there and and do their reading down there in that tunnel uh, because they weren't allowed to gather in their synagogue." And he said, and then he said something at the at the bottom of it like. If that's true, then that's based as F. And that's not true at all. Those tunnels were dug long after the COVID nonsense of 2020. So what does he do then, of course? He perpetuates a fake story. He has no proof of such a thing. 
Time passes, not much. It's not, you don't have to wait long for the truth to come out, not anymore anyway. A little time passes, the truth comes out, he gets discredited, and then that one tweet and that one post he makes will live on in infamy as, as being completely foolish, short-sighted, subjective, and completely inaccurate. Again, Tim pulls a character. What a weirdo. You can't trust somebody that wears a stocking cap in July and never changes his clothes. That's beyond strange. So he has plenty to hide, and again, more and more people are waking up to him too, which is great, as to where he gets his money and who funds his operation, and we know who does. We know who funds these people. It's amazing. Again, a lot of us have known this for a very long time and picked up on these patterns, but it's, it's, it's undeniable. Shadow of Ezra on X put this out. X accounts who won't mention underground tunnels in New York City synagogue. And these are just some of them. Laura Loomer, Ben Shapiro, Benny Johnson, Wall Street Silver, Jack Posobiec, End Wokeness, Libs of TikTok, Alex Jones, Ashley St. Clair, Charlie Kirk, uh, Vindgrad24, whoever the hell that is, Dr. Eli David, and Chaya Ratchik, who of course is Libs of TikTok, same thing. There you go. Controlled opposition, it says. Yeah. Yep, there it is. I got to tell you, I mean, more and more is coming out about this. More and more is going to come out about this. Like I said in the last episode, this is a snowflake on the tip of an iceberg. And this is where the real history needs to be brought up. This is where the real history has got to exist. And I, and I want to mention this too. This is actually a really big deal, and it's one of those things that continues to grind my gears. And again, it, it's the individuals perpetuating this and spinning this particular quote in the wrong direction because they have no context for the quote whatsoever. And not only does the context matter, but I can't believe that, again, individuals can take such a quote that makes so much sense even in their own context that they may be bringing it up in, and yet it still is, is being misinterpreted. So let me get through some of that confusion and just get to it. This has to do with a quote, and, a, and, and frankly a full paragraph, that, that was spoken and written by, by Dr. Joseph Goebbels. I'm going to read this to you first, of course, and I know you've heard this before, I'm certain you have, but it, unfortunately it's being spun in the wrong direction. And I heard Dr. Dave Janda say it on his radio show last weekend, and he's said it numerous times, and he's incorrect. He couldn't be more wrong on the issue. Because again, he's bringing it up in the context of even the, the, the current enemy that we, that we face today. And that those are the individuals saying it often enough so that they actually think that it's real. That's not what the Social, National Socialist DAP Party did back then. That's not what they were doing. What they were doing was, is this direct quote has everything to do with Dr. Goebbels specifically stating, this is how you take over a country in the negative. This is how you destroy a country. They weren't interested in destroying their own country. They liberated Germany. But see, they don't know that. Dr. Janda doesn't know that. And endless people who misinterpret this particular quote, and you can pick the, you can pick the weirdo. 
you know, it could be uh, it could be Glenn Beck, it could be Chris Plant, it could be any of these talk radio hosts. They all misinterpret the quote. So here's the quote. Dr. Goebbels said the following, quote, If you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. The lie can be maintained only for such a time as the state can shield the people from the political, economic, and or military consequences of the lie. It thus becomes vitally important for the state to use all of its powers to repress dissent. For the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie, and thus, by extension, the truth is the greatest enemy of the state. Unquote. He's a hundred percent right, and he meant it in the positive for a good, free, independent, wanting people. That was the entire point. He said, Your enemy is going to do this, your enemy is going to consistently tell you lies over and over and over again and expect you to believe it. Isn't that what's happening now? Isn't that what these, gate, what, what these gatekeepers are doing? Weren't we warned about this? From the National Socialist DAP Party back in the 1920s and 1930s? Yeah, we certainly were. We've been warned about this from endless people over the course of endless centuries. But he was right back then, and he's right now. He wasn't our enemy, and he's not talking about any propaganda that he and their political party and their movement perpetuated on the public. It was quite the opposite. He he and they, as a government, were openly working to educate and unbrainwash the German people to not accept the poverty, to not accept the degeneracy, to not accept the homelessness, to not accept the sexual, whatever you want to call it, degradation, you name it. I mean, you can pick, you can pick a, a negative. That's what they were doing. And you've heard me bring it up on the show. They were consistently focusing on the use of positive propaganda because the word propaganda is not a bad word. There's positive and negative propaganda. There's good and bad propaganda. The propaganda that we are seeing in today's society, I've brought it up on the show numerous times, and you know what it is. It's endless, and it's everywhere. It's, it's the, and I've written about it in Substack, of course, certainly recently within the last month. It's all of the Jewish propaganda war videos and war movies that consistently come out. It's the video games. It's the commercials with uh, non-white couples, and if there are white couples, then they're fat and stupid. All of that is the negative propaganda, and that's why it's being used on a constant basis all of the time to wear people down in order to accept it. And then they do. Many of them do. The unknowledgeable, you know, the mouth-breathing uh, zombies, these are the individuals that drink it in and don't see anything wrong with it. And, and, and this is a big thing, if you criticize any of it or bring it up, then those people will look at you as if there's something wrong with you. That's a huge problem. That's what Joseph Goebbels was warning us about. If you tell these lies often enough, people will believe it, and then they'll defend the lie to their own detriment. 
isn't that what's happening in our society? Isn't that what's been going on for a very, very, very long time? Yeah. Yeah. We were warned about this a long time ago. I'm just sick and tired of people misinterpreting these, these quotations. They're completely historically inaccurate from a current telling of it from the so-called, you know, conservative right. It's amazing. The hypocrisy and the, un, uh, the unknowing state of affairs here is, is beyond belief. But we can't let these people get away with that kind of stuff. Again, I would never be a guest on Dave Janda's show. Like I said, I was on his Insider Insight show once. But if I was ever on his radio show, I'd correct him about this. This is a huge mistake he's made. And the more that people, again, perpetuate this, they become the useful idiot. And then, of course, what do you have? You have individuals who are seemingly on our side actually perpetuating the wrong message. That's dangerous stuff. That's a psychological operation in itself. And that's Marxism. That's the goal of Marxism. So who's really the useful idiot? Who's the tool? That leads me to this now. And I don't know if I've read this on the show before or not. If I have, I apologize. I'm going to read it again. Um, I came across this a number of years ago, and again, it was on the Chan boards. Um, remarkably thorough, I thought, and it's really an interesting story. And again, you can take it with a grain of salt if you'd like, but you're not going to hear a movie made about this, I guarantee it. You know, you're going to get more Steven Spielberg Jewish propaganda that people are going to watch because they're brainwashed into watching war, you know, war movies and war videos on their TV. And, uh, and they get some, I don't know, arousing enjoyment out of it. And I have to tell you something. When I see a commercial for some kind of a war movie, in particular that's being told, of course, from a one-sided, quote-unquote, historic perspective, it really disgusts me. It truly does. I have no taste for it anymore. I used to. I mean, I used to watch them and enjoy them but for some sick reason. But that's a long time ago when I was brainwashed. I, I find them repulsive now, absolutely repulsive. So let me read this post here. It says the following. There's no date on this either, by the way, but it's an, it's an interesting story. It says, quote, My grandfather was a volunteer with the Aras Commando. In 1982, shortly before his death, I visited my relatives in Helgava and asked him about the war. I was just a child, but what he told me I'll never forget. So his grandfather was Latvian and, uh, and was a part of a commando group that was associated with the National Socialist DAP Party. He says, quote, his unit were police battling armed criminal gangs and communist terrorists. Now, of course, if you look up the Arjas Commando, they tell you on Wikipedia that it's, uh, you know, they were the killing squad of the Holocaust. No, that's not true. Anyway, again, this description is, is far more apt and, uh, and accurate, that they were police battling armed criminal gangs and communist terrorists. That's, that's accurate. Says one of the gangs was a pedophile gang kidnapping children. They had no idea what they were getting into. They staked out the gang's hiding place and saw people going in for what appeared to be a religious ceremony. 
They were supposed to just watch and identify the people involved, but when they heard the screaming of a child being raped or tortured, then one of the men couldn't control himself and went in. They had to arrest everyone there. It had been a satanic ritual. The child was raped and exsanguinated in a sacrifice. Everyone they arrested was a communist Jew. A treasure trove of documents were recovered. Most were membership lists and plans for terrorist attacks, but some were talking about exterminating the Armaleks. The main plan seemed to be to take control with a communist dictatorship and execute all of the Armalek for minor crimes. If that failed, they'd be propagandized into being hated by everyone in the world. There was even a plan to exterminate them by through immigration of African males and breeding them out of existence. Sound familiar? It continues, and it says, Most of the Satanists did not talk. They were simply content to being executed for their monstrous crimes. One was willing to talk because, quote, no one will believe you, unquote. He admitted the Amalek are the Israelites, the Europeans, you, unquote. They raped the child is because Moloch demands it, quote, unquote. Real Satanists mutilate children's genitals. It separates the serious from the fakers. There is no higher evil than defiling a child. Quote, Only once you've proven yourself can Lucifer grant you his power to control the minds of the Goyim. Unquote. They continued and said, As he put down these monsters at Rumbala, they did not beg for mercy. They offered prayers to Moloch and claimed to have already won. Quote unquote. He said it felt as if God himself was pulling the trigger that the world was just that much brighter and more hopeful when they were done. They left, out, they left out most of this. From the reports, everyone was just a communist or communist supporter. I thought him a crazy old man, of course. My relatives said he never was quite right after the war. I mostly forgot about him. Then he wrote, Moloch, Amalek, quote-unquote. I've never heard of any of this nonsense before. Then when Podesta's emails were leaked and Pizzagate happened, I effing shit myself. It all made sense. It's all real. The Nazis were literally fighting against the devil and the devil won. We're living in hell. Unquote. You know, I've held on to that, uh, that particular post for years, and I have it in an archived giant file that I have titled Jewish History. And I wish I could share that entire file with everybody, because my God, the things that I have in there will, would, would blow you apart. But there really is, again, major demonic forces at work here on multiple angles. And I, I have to tell you, I just don't think that we are at a point now in this entire depopulation war and everything that's taking place where we need to be giving quarter to anybody who's a gatekeeper or a double talker or running cover with you know whatever it is that they do their their tweets um you know the the shows that they have whatever it is always continue to pay attention to who these people are 
continue to expose them. I, of course, am doing my part, I like to think anyway. And that's what we have to keep doing. We have to keep calling these people out. So there you go. Again, this evil goes back to the beginning of time. And there are people who still worship that evil. And they will always do so until they are all destroyed. So that's my, that's my two cents on that. Take that for what you want. But again, another thing that I would encourage people to do, and I, again, I'm, I'm trying to do my best with this, is that the more and more videos that come out about what goes on within these churches and synagogues, and regardless of the denomination, if it's demonic, and if it's beyond strange, of course, and of course all of that is, uh, I'm going to do my best to put them in the war videos so that you can see them yourself, and you can make your own determination. So let me mention this too, because this right here I think is another example of how when the truth comes out, of course, and numerous individuals are upset with that truth, it, it doesn't matter where the person sits, they end up exposing themselves as, as having an allegiance toward materialism rather than a truthful message, and a truthful message that can save people's lives. Again. People are, are, are more interested in money and, and the monetary rewards that they receive instead of just telling the truth. So the example I want to bring up here, of course, has to do with Pat McAfee and Pat McAfee's sports show on ESPN and YouTube and all of that nonsense. Again, you know, he, he'll complain out of one side of his mouth, and you have to keep in mind he's jabbed, okay? He's at least double jabbed. And, and that's, that, that's the reoccurring theme here that, that has to be kept at the forefront because it, it really is altering decisions. And when you revisit that subject with a double-jabbed person, they're going to get tired of it. So you have the owners of ESPN who, of course, help operate and fund that show. And now they're upset, of course, that Aaron Rodgers has been on their show for numerous weeks, uh, at least once a week for numerous months now over the course of the last several months. And they're tired of Aaron Rodgers showing up and telling the truth on that show and there being some kind of a dialogue back and forth. Now, again, Aaron Rodgers is the most knowledgeable person in the room. He's, he's not, you know, he's not knowledgeable on everything, clearly, but he's red-pilled to a great extent. And he's curious, and I admire that, because that's a guy who will continue to learn, and that's a good thing. But when he shows up on a show like that, where you have, again, Pat McAfee, who's double-jabbed, his, his band of, of nitwits that are all sitting around talking about useless sports that don't matter, that are really the ultimate distraction, and at the exact same time, he's had on jab-injured people, like Kirk Herbstreet with his blood clots and everything else, even talking about his son who has permanent heart damage. Well, now ESPN has basically said that they aren't going to have Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show ever again. Just like that. And Pat McAfee provided an answer regarding this just the other day. And it was basically, of course, because of the last time that Aaron Rodgers was on his show. But he, he basically came back and he goes, hey, look, man, he goes, 
you know, this show here is doing real well and we're really grateful for all the success and blah, blah, blah. And he says, but, you know, we, we like Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer. You know, he's going to be a Hall of Famer and goop, goop, goop. And then he says, you know, but we don't, we don't want this show to be about all the things that Aaron Rodgers says. That's not the kind of show that we want here, and we don't want to do that. And, you know, this is a sports show and whatever else. So Aaron Rodgers has been told he can't come back. You know, we wish him the best. We're friends, you know, whatever else. But he can't come back now, and now let's just talk about sports. That right there is the devil at work. There's no way around it. That right there is exactly what happens when you have a person who is not in the matrix in Aaron Rodgers show up to people and a group of people who are plugged into the matrix and and through a, a civil conversation and conversations plural is trying to unplug these people from the matrix. And what happens, as is in the actual movie and the philosophy of the movie The Matrix. The people in The Matrix will fight to maintain their slavery. And, of course, there's money associated with it and contracts and a living and all of that stuff. They'd rather have all of that than tell the truth. They'd rather have all of that than look at ESPN brass and say, Go F yourselves. Uh, you know, we're going to go out on our own, either on, you know, YouTube or Rumble or whatever. We're going we're gonna to bring any sponsors or donators that, uh, you, you know, that we can to help support the show and, and keep the show going. And we're going to have on Aaron Rodgers as much as we want. They could do that, but they're not. They're taking the low road. They're taking the easy way out, which is to agree with the very ESPN brass that Pat McAfee claimed to criticize not days before. And then, there you go. Because again, when the people cut the checks, are the ones also making the decisions and cutting your checks? Well, you have a decision to make then. You have a choice to make. Side with the money, you know, side with the money lenders, or go your own way. So, now everybody should know where Pat McAfee's allegiance lay. And it's certainly not with the truth. It's with the moneylenders. He just outed himself. Again, he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. He likes to think he is because he curses and he yells and stands up at a microphone when most people sit down and doesn't like sleeves on his shirts ever. You know, these kinds of things, he's basically just doing the opposite of what everybody else has done. And people are like, oh, wow, what a revolutionary. A, you know, individual of some kind. He's not. He's really not. It's just a different form of brainwashing for a younger generation or a more hip crowd, so to speak. So you got, again, Aaron Rodgers showing up on the show dropping, dropping red pills like nobody's business. And you can see it in Pat McAfee's face that he's nervous as all get out. Because again, He's talking directly to the person who fell for the lie. You want to talk about the quote-unquote big lie that's consistently referenced when it comes to Germany, okay, and Adolf Hitler and the National Socialist DAP Party. You know, that phrase was coined by Hitler regarding the previous Weimar Republic and what, and what that 
quote unquote, uh, you know, dictatorial regime was really in, engaging in. That's what he was talking about. But people flip it and go, no, no, no. The big lie had to do with all the lies that, that Adolf Hitler told all his people and led them to believe this, that, and the other. It's not true. The big lie is continuing to be plugged into the matrix and believe things that are not real. Because it's being said over and over and over again. Uh, you know, again, stand on the sticker. Wear the mask. Trust your doctor. Ask your doctor. Take the shots. Don't forget to take the shot. Don't meet up with your family members on holidays unless they're all vaccinated. Which one of those sides is the big lie? The opposite of all of that nonsense or that nonsense? I think you know. You do know. You know what it is. I just hate how history gets perverted and twisted because that right there, that perversion and that twisting of accurate history, that's the big lie. And it's being perpetuated time and time again. And again, the, you know, the, unfortunately, the older people get, the less likely they are to go back in time and read old books. I've just finished Mein Kampf for the second time. It can't be more relevant. It can't be a more relevant book. And again, if you want to listen to, to Mein Kampf, the, the audio version of both volumes, I, I recommend get on, getting on Odyssey and, and finding it on Odyssey. In fact, here's what I'll do. I'll link it in the description below if you're interested in, in listening to it. And I recommend bookmarking it because uh, it's probably going to get deleted somewhere along the way. And it's not even all that easy to find anymore in audio version. So if you're interested in listening, listening rather to the audio of Mein Kampf, I highly recommend it. I will link it in the description below of this episode. I promise. Okay, that leads me to this. Uh, again, we're kind of keeping on the demonic wavelength here. Uh, let me get to Mike DeWine very quickly. Just the other day, the House. The Ohio House overruled Mike DeWine's veto of House Bill 68, which, of course, he said he was going to veto, which was going to ban uh, the child mutilation of, well, the genital mutilation of children, you know, under the guise of it being uh, life-saving for them and they need it or else. And same thing with uh, sports participation among the old trannies and the people who like to play pretend. That was vetoed, or the, the, his veto of all of that, rather, was, uh, was overridden by the Ohio House, and thank God for it. So it was overridden by a 65 to 28 vote. So now, in the state of Ohio, genital mutilation is against the law, and, uh, and gender-affirming care, quote-unquote, as they call it, which I also believe includes puberty blockers, that that can no longer legally be given out, and, uh, and trannies who are pretending can't play in whatever sport they want anymore, regardless of the level. So hip hip hooray, a victory against Satan for once. That's, that's good. Again, months ago, you could hear all the devils in hell just rejoice when Mike DeWine vetoed that bill because he was catering to less than a percent of the population who are mentally ill and claiming that, uh, you know, cutting off their genitals can be life-saving and keep them from killing themselves. That's absolutely absurd. 
And as you heard on this show, I played audio from a school board member locally in the town where I live, where they were all excited about calling the governor and saying, oh, you know, you need to veto this and it's just remarkably gross and blah, blah, blah. Well, I could hear her screaming from hell the moment that this veto was overturned. So again, this is a victory, no doubt about it. People are now going to have a second chance and hopefully get the help that they actually need that, uh, you know, that may end up saving their lives instead of mutilating themselves permanently. So there's that. And again, to anybody who's playing a sport, well, now you don't have to worry about playing next to Billy who thinks he's Betty. And there you go. All right. There's also this kind of shifting gears slightly. This is a bit interesting, and I think one of those buoys in the water and a marker to keep uh, to keep tabs on here. This was apparently a memo that went out from Google, by Google, regarding their ads team, and here's what it says. It says, Dear Advisor, it says, In February 2024, Google will update the inappropriate content policy to clarify the definition of sensitive events. They say a quote-unquote sensitive event is an unforeseen event or development that creates significant risk to Google's ability to provide high-quality, relevant information and ground truth, so they say, and reduce insensitive or exploitive content in in prominent and monetized features And then it says, during a sensitive event, quote-unquote, we may take a variety of actions to address these risks. Again, I'm not done with the memo here, but this sounds like an internet shutdown. This sounds like shutting down people's accounts and people's websites and whatever else who are associated with Google. So keep that in mind going forward. It continues, it says, examples of sensitive events include events with significant social, cultural, or political impacts, such as civil emergencies, natural disasters, public health emergencies, terrorism, and related activities, conflict, or mass acts of violence. It says, it says here, examples of what we prohibit, or non, and then in parentheses it says non-exhaustive. There's three bullet points. The first one, is products or services that exploit, dismiss, or condone the sensitive event, including price gouging or artificially inflating prices that prohibits, restricts access to vital supplies, sale of products or services which may be insufficient for the demand during a sensitive event. The next one says using keyboard, I'm sorry, keywords rather, related to a sensitive event to attempt to drive additional traffic. And then the last one says, claims that victims of a sensitive event were responsible for their own tragedy or similar instances of victim blaming. Claims that victims of a sensitive event are not deserving of remedy or support. Claims that victims from certain countries were responsible for deserving Responsible or deserving of a global public health crisis. Sincerely, the Google Ads team. Highly suspicious. It's almost as if they know exactly what people are going to be talking about in the future because they have a pretty good sense as to what's going to be coming out. And they're updating this 
this uh, inappropriate content policy under a sensitive event, quote unquote, in February of this year, in just a few weeks. This is a big deal. Google's hand has been moved. Their card has been played. And now they are going to openly engage, basically, in propaganda and censorship and the hiding of the truth as much as humanly possible because they have a pretty good idea as to the sensitive material, quote-unquote, that is actually going to be coming out. I think the last two weeks and the information that's come out just within the last two weeks might have forced such a memo. Because again, this memo came out very quickly. It just came out the other day. So right around the same time as the old tunnels and that whole story. Again, this is a ball, I think, that's been kicked down the hill and there's no getting it back. And that's a beautiful thing. Because when the truth gains that much momentum, it's, it's game on and it's game over for the enemy. The devil has nowhere to go now. <laughs> this is just great. I think it's great. Now, with that said, I will say this. My website is associated with Google. The, the server that I use is Website Builder, and Website Builder is a Google-owned company. So, with that said, my recommendation, if you're interested in doing so, is to bounce over to my website and download any of the PDFs there that you want to save for your own archives. And then, of course, I recommend saving them on an external hard drive of some kind. Now, I've done that in case the website goes down in the future, which, frankly, I expected to. Not because it receives a lot of traffic, but because of the, the content that is available on there, and then, of course, the server that's utilized as a result. So, again, if you're interested in archiving that offline, I highly recommend it. But you can bounce over there again and download any of those documents that you want. In fact, I've added a few documents over there that I think are worth, uh, worth mentioning. First of all, and I'm going to slide right into the education stuff here in just a second, but you know, one of the things that I'm seeing consistently, which is really disappointing, of course, are all of these parents screaming and yelling about the whole migrant situation, which as we know in New York, they've, they've completely evacuated all of the students out of one of their schools and told them all to learn at home and online. As they've moved in nothing but illegals to actually utilize the school, not as a school, but as a hotel. So, I mean, I, I wrote about this on Substack at least a year and a half ago. At least. I said, you know, I, I said that very thing. I said, the illegal aliens coming into our country are going to flatten the education system. They're going to take over the buildings. It's going to cause the school employees to not want to work there anymore. It's going to cause uh, those wanting to be teachers to not want to be teachers anymore. And of course, all of this is leading to the complete collapse of the entire business, which I'm, I'm completely for. I totally want to see this, and I, I think that we are living through it. Uh, but with that said, I'm watching a lot of these parents now just scream and yell and shout and they're making these TikTok videos, one in particular that is fresh in my mind. It's of a black woman, and she's either in the New York area or in the Chicago area, and she's screaming and shouting about these illegals entering these schools. And then, of course, the illegals taking over and, and uh, 
the students themselves being kicked out, who are students there, only to, of course to have their classrooms turned into hotel rooms. But they're screaming and shouting because they don't know what to do with their own children. Again, that right there is a level of brainwashing that cannot be ignored. That's, that's the major point I've brought up on this show since its inception. People have to understand and see this brainwashing that exists among parents, that they believe that the school system has to raise and teach their children everything. That the child comes home, the parents don't have to teach them anything, they just learned it in school and congratulations, you can tell me what you learned if you want, you don't have to, I don't care, you know, here's an iPad, stare at it, have a nice day. What they don't understand is, is that it is the sole job of the parent to not just, of course, provide, but to always educate. That's, that's the family's job. It's not government's job. But again, these parents are screaming and yelling into an internet-accessible cell phone device about, you know, what on earth am I supposed to do with my kid? What, what am I supposed to do with my kid? You know, you better fix this and, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying to myself, why don't you stop making TikTok videos of you getting upset that government isn't doing what you want government to do, which, let's face it, at this point is kill your child and certainly brainwash them to the point where they end up dead. But either way, how about you take that internet accessible cell phone and you start looking up homeschooling on search engines? How about you get on YouTube, which I'm sure these people watch on a daily basis? Why don't you get on YouTube and type in homeschooling and start watching some of these videos? See, this is the pacification of the human race. This is, the, this is one of the major issues with society, is they don't understand the power that they actually have as individuals to not be government dependent. They can look up the answers to all their questions lots of different places. And if there's inconsistent answers, well, maybe you need to find the truth somewhere else. Maybe those inconsistent answers aren't factual. But either way, I know that a long time ago, well, not that long ago, maybe a month or so ago, I said that I was going to create this one piece of paper that was just sort of like an, an you know, basically a form as to what you can do to, to complain to school officials and file complaints and how you can do that as a, as a parent regarding the way that schools operate and the employees that work within. I've decided to not do that, and here's why. I don't want to perpetuate the issue of parents remaining in the system by thinking that if they fill out these complaint forms and these misconduct forms, which anybody can look up within your state on any search engine, that if they do that, that that's going to somehow allow them to remain in the environment. I don't want them to remain in the environment, which again is why I created a long time ago a multi-page PDF titled Homeschooling Resources. And if you get on my website, AmericanEducationFM.com, under the Education Documents tab, it is the first PDF that you can click on and download yourself. And all of the resources are there. It's a great starting point. But again, I can't do the homework for these people on, on all of these different homeschooling programs. You've heard me say abeka.com constantly. I still advocate for abeka.com and I always will. Unless, of course, they 
go off the deep end and turn into a you know a boatload of trannies for some reason. I don't know why they would, but um, I certainly don't see them doing that. Either way, there's an entire PDF there that that people can download. And again, if you want to direct people to my website in that particular tab where they can download that, they can certainly do it, and, and you can do that. And again, it's a hundred percent free. But I, I wanted to make mention of that because again, this is one of those things where. In a moment of crises, even though it really isn't, uh, keeping in mind, of course, all these illegals have got to go. I fully understand that. But in this moment where you're seeing a complete takeover of illegals, what you're also unfortunately watching is the level of brainwashing that exists among the citizens of America. And you're seeing their dependence on government. And you're seeing their dependence on the education brainwashing torture system that does exist. And that's really sad to I mean, that's a sad thing to watch. They're screaming for their for their captor to take their children back. Because again, they you know, they're screaming at the top of the uh, top of their lungs, you know, what am I supposed to do with these kids? It's like back in 2020 when they sent all the children home. The worst parents were the ones going, Oh my God. You know, now they're all home. What 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 are we supposed to do with them all day long? Those are those were the worst parents. Let's face it, the parents who said that were the worst. Because if you are saying that about your own flesh and blood, there's something wrong with you. And if you don't know how to teach your own children the difference between right and wrong, and you don't know how to teach them something that they don't know, you shouldn't have. You should have never been a parent in the first place. So. It's the old lead a horse to water, can't make them drink, but sometimes you can't lead a horse even to water. So what do they do? They, they die of thirst. And that's on them. But again, I, it, it's, in, it's in these moments in this war and in this depopulation agenda here where you're really seeing the less knowledgeable and the dead asleep still clamor for government to fix their problems. And it's, it's never going to happen. Government will never fix their problems, but you as an individual and they can fix their problems anytime that they want. Let me also uh, mention this too. I took that, just jumping ahead very quickly to the, to the jab thing real quick, but then I'm going to get back to education because I've got some rather interesting things here with education to bring up. Uh, I, I put this on the medical documents tab of my website, and it was that, li- that giant substack list of the lie of virology with all of the dates and the scientists and the doctors who conducted the specific studies. I took that substack article that that other individual wrote, I put it on a PDF, and it's available for download under the medical documents tab. It's specifically titled The Lie of Virology, A Historic List and Timeline of Studies and Results. And again, you can click on there and download that if you're interested. Okay. Sorry about all that. Just a few website house cleaning things. Okay. Uh, there's this. This was sent to me through a shared text thread with some Michigan pals and a Texas pal. And uh, this is from the Herald.ng. It is titled White People, Able Bodied People, Heterosexuals, Christians. Johns Hopkins DEI's office comes under fire over privilege list. And this was perpetuated by Dr. Sharita Hill Golden, who is the head 
of DEI at Johns Hopkins Medicine. And she's not white, if you were curious. It says an online storm is brewing over a privilege list compiled by Johns Hopkins Medicine's Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Or, I'm sorry, Inclusion and Health Equity. The list is contained in a January 2024 email sent to staff from the DEI's office led by Sharita Hill Golden. In this email, it says the following. It says, Diversity Word of the Month, which is apparently privilege, is their diversity word of the month. It says the following. Privilege is a set of unearned benefits given to people who are in a specific social group. Privilege operates on personal, interpersonal, cultural, and institutional levels, and it provides advantages and favors to members of dominant groups at the expense of members of other groups. In the United States, privilege is granted to people who have membership in one or more of these social identity groups, and it lists them. Here's what it says. White people. Able-bodied people, heterosexuals, cisgender people, males, Christians, middle or owning class people, middle-aged people, English-speaking people. So basically, the smartest majority of America are privileged, according to her. It goes on here, and it says, Privilege is characteristically invisible to people who have it. People in dominant groups often believe that they have earned the privileges they enjoy or that everyone could have access to these privileges if only they worked to earn them. In fact, privileges are unearned and are granted to people in the dominant groups whether they want those privileges or not and regardless of their stated intent, unquote. This woman and John Johns Hopkins should be sued into the ground for discrimination. Again, they're openly stating that they're not even interested in hiring these people, that they're not interested in hiring straight white Christian males or straight white Christian females. That's what this memo openly states. So sue them. There should be an entire class action lawsuit against them. And it should immediately win. It violates the First Amendment under the you know made-up Marxist term of privilege, and I don't know what else to say. It's beyond disgusting, but these individuals are outing themselves for the entire world to see. And they're rather brazen with it, too, I might add, and I think that's, uh, that's going to be an interesting characteristic going forward. I think that they are going to feel like they have less and less reason to hide their discrimination and their bigotry, and they're just going to keep doing it. But again, you can't say that race replacement is, uh, is some kind of a theory. It certainly is not. It's in their own flippin' emails. It's in their own memos to their own staff. Again, imagine being a straight white individual working for Johns Hopkins, which they're openly stating they don't want them there, but again, imagine receiving that and you are an employee. How are you not offended by that? How are you not contacting your other coworkers and your other colleagues and saying, we need to file a lawsuit right now against this entire university? Seems like the thing to do. And it seems like an open and shut case. 
Then again, that's just me. I could be wrong. Okay. There's also this, which I brought up earlier. The New York school, New York City students are forced to go remote as city houses nearly 2,000 migrants at their school and one mom goes off. And this particular mother allegedly, again, I saw the video, she was just outside screaming at the employees as to why they're letting all these illegals in and yelling, does it feel good? I hope you sleep well at night and all this other stuff. Again, you know, that too is the brainwashing. The mother is at that particular school screaming and yelling at government to be better. Screaming and yelling at government to not discriminate against American citizens. Uh, uh, You know, I'm telling you, asking government to do the right thing is like asking a snake to not bite you when you step on it. So that's the way that it is within this particular school. And as we know, it goes way beyond just the school being infiltrated with these uh, government-sanctioned illegal aliens. I mean, it's a safety issue. And I understand that, too, certainly from the, from the parents' perspective and the people who live in the area. I mean, that's their concern also, and rightfully so. But again, you can't yell at government and expect them to, uh, to do what's right. And of course, you can't ask them nicely either. This is, this is the open divide. They're openly telling people, we don't care what you think. We don't care about your safety, and, and we don't care about the law, and this is just the way that it is. So, yeah, James Madison High School is a temporary overnight uh, respite center for the migrants, it says. I, I doubt it'll be temporary. It'll, it'll remain that way for quite some time. And, uh, and there you go. So. This isn't the only place either where this has occurred. I'm I'm certain this has occurred in Chicago schools, Los Angeles schools, and probably occurred in in small town America as well. Which actually leads me to this, and this is this is rather interesting too, a bit of a local issue. But I was told by a local friend who's very familiar with the uh the, the school system here in town that they openly stated back during the COVID nonsense certainly back in 2020 and 2021, that they were openly discussing an option to close down one of the three elementary schools and open it up for COVID victims, that they were going to send home the students if they weren't already home learning, and they were going to open up the already vacant elementary school, again, one of the three that exist. And, uh, and open it up for just COVID patients if the hospital ever became overwhelmed. This was their plan. Well, there was no COVID, and the hospital wasn't overwhelmed with COVID patients because there's no COVID. There is, however, now a biological weapon that's making the rounds, as I'm sure you're familiar with, and the hospital, of course, is overwhelmed. And as I said in the last episode, the hypocrisy of all of this can't be clearer because now endless sick people are walking around and with permanently damaged DNA and nobody's wearing masks for the most part and everybody's still congregating. So what happened to all that science? (laughs) What happened to all that? Again, even Anthony Fauci on his second day of behind doors testimony openly stated something that the mask wearing and the social distancing was all hogwash. He goes, yeah, there's no, there's no proof out there that, uh, that either one of those works. 
the very guy that got these people to do it openly stated that it that it didn't matter that there was no viable science behind it in the first place i'm telling you you can't trust these school systems in the slightest the abuse that they inflicted on everybody involved is incalculable they were responsible for snapping the minds of endless parents endless students you name it and themselves i mean they they destroyed their own line of work and their own profession and their own colleagues. It's amazing. In fact, that leads me to a story I wanted to tell you. And you're, you're familiar with this school district because I've referenced it on the show with regularity. And this is the school district where my niece and nephew go, which is uh, Westerville, Ohio, in the Columbus area, northeast of Columbus. They, uh, they had a 30-minute board meeting, give or take. The, uh, just the other day, this past week, where they were reintroducing a new board member to their school board, who is a very pasty, uh, pasty female with purple hair. So, you know, I mean, I think you got a pretty good idea as to where this is going to go. But uh, so, so they swore that individual in, and then they swore in the incumbent, and then they reassigned individuals, and you know, basically the president gave up her position, and they nominated a new member of the board, or a person who was already on the board, who's remarkably weak. Uh, now she's the president, and so on and so forth. So either way, once they were done with all of those formalities, it came time for the public comment section. And as you've heard me say regarding this school district, rarely to never is there a public comment from anybody who's upset with anything that they've done in the district. Because again, in this town and in this school district, they all seem to think that their backsides don't smell and that everything is 100% hunky-dory and that they do everything correct. Well, they don't. and. The public comments section came around, and I see this old-timer stand up from, from the back, and he starts to walk toward the lectern. And I'm saying to myself, uh-oh, I've never seen this guy before. I bet this has the potential to be really interesting. So I keep watching, and you can watch this yourself on YouTube if you're interested. But he walks up to the lectern and he's starting to put on his uh, his zipped up his zipped up hoodie, and he's got he's got words prepared. He looks like he has at least uh, an entire page typed out to read, essentially. And he puts it on the lectern and he starts to kind of get into it. And basically, what he says is, and this is again, this is interesting because it kind of goes off the rails rather quickly, but. He openly says, he goes, you know, when I was a kid, I would work in my, my grandfather's shop with him, and he was an inventor. And he said, I, all, I used to always look at my grandpa and say, well, isn't there a better way? Isn't there a better way? There, you know, there has to be a better way. When it came to problem solving and we'd come across a problem, well, there, there has to be a better way. There has to be a way to solve this problem. And that's essentially when he kind of stopped talking, but he did say one final comment. I mean, he, it was very confusing because, again, you have to keep a couple of things in mind. This guy was older, 
and he could have been a brick shy of a load, or he had something else going on. I mean, he wasn't all there, but the implication was from the outside looking in that this guy was trying to tear them a new asshole regarding the COVID lie and the mask wearing abuse. I mean, that's what that's what he was in the shot taking, of course. That's where he was going. I'm almost certain that's where he was going. But he stops and then he looks at them and he says, Now I don't want this to be derogatory or insulting in any way. He said, But there is a genetic code that we were all born with that gives us the ability to heal ourselves naturally. And then he stops talking. And he looks at them and he says, now do any of you have any questions? And I thought to myself, oh, dude, what have you done? You, you, you completely missed your opportunity here to carve them up. And he, like I said, he didn't read his full comments. He had, he had at least a page full of stuff to read, but he didn't read it. And of course, he apparently doesn't understand the policies and procedures in these meetings because he just kind of went, you know, he just kind of stared at them and and attempted to have them ask him questions about something that he was being remarkably incomplete about. And they all looked at each other like, what the hell's going on? And then they looked at him and said, well, we don't ask questions to the people making comments, but they, they said, if you have something that you'd like to read or something you'd like to say, and then the president looked at him and said, but if you have something that you want to hand, something in writing that you want to hand one of our district employees, they're in the back of the room and you can go ahead and do that. And he goes, oh, okay. And he walks away from the lectern and he walks to the back of the room and he hands a district employee, whoever this person is, what he has in writing. And then that's the end of it. He didn't say another word. He left the room, and and that was it. Now, again, the board president knew he had something to read to them, but it's not her job, unfortunately, to remind him of his responsibility to bring up the truth at that lectern. But that's what he was trying to do. I mean, I could see it. I could sense it. That's where he was going. But he was he was trying to be far too kind and far too vague. And then it got confusing, and then the whole house caved in. And then that was it. So, you know, again, my, my disappointment is, of course, always within these school districts and these people, but it's also in the people who show up to the lectern and they aren't thorough and they aren't, uh, they aren't complete, they're not direct, and, and they don't have a tone of voice about them. It's certainly within the face of child abusers, which let's face it, they all are child abusers after all of this. So, I don't know. It was disappointing. But but like I said, I, I could tell where the guy was going and I could tell what he wanted to say, but he just, he didn't get around to it. They just kind of shuffled him away and then that was it. So I don't know. He didn't do himself any favors there. But either way, that, that took place. Um, and again, another local issue, which is kind of interesting. I've been told that apparently some of the administrators within the district are now walking around with these earpieces in. And the earpieces are kind of like these standalone earpieces, and apparently they're tied into some kind of a switchboard that exists uh, at the district office that's uh, ultimately tied to a larger switchboard at the county level. So you either have county sheriff's department communicating consistently with 
local school administrators about God knows what. And, uh, and you've got students walking around making fun of apparently these school administrators because they look like FBI agents walking around with an earpiece in. I mean, think about what the profession has become. It's, it's an absolute circus. It's a mental institution. It truly is. And again, what do these people have planned? I mean, they're not smart enough to plan anything logical on their own, but I think the question becomes, what orders are they going to follow from the powers that be there, that are above them? And, and what could possibly come down the pipeline here? Again, you've heard me say it on the show, and, and I've written it on Substack. Whatever happens this year, you've got to get your kids out. Because if something political takes place on the old TV, that's going to reverberate within the school environment and have a negative impact on the actions of everybody. So let's not forget what they did in 2020 and 2021, isolating children in locked rooms where, it was, where the room was locked from the outside until a parent was available to show up and take their COVID child home. If they did that in 2019, they'd have been arrested. They'd have lost their job. So if they can do that back then, your, your imagination should be endless with what they could possibly do in the future regarding something else that isn't real. So I would invite people to keep that in mind consistently. They have to use the school system, and by they I mean the enemy, has to use the school system in order to perpetuate their message because that's where they know they can get the greatest compliance with the greatest panic. And that's what they want. They want the highest amount of compliance, the highest amount of panic, because the panic will lead to compliance, so they think. And only the most brainwashed will fall, will fall for it again. And they will. They most certainly will. Because they're not apologizing for anything they've done in the past. Why would they apologize now? And why would they change anything that they do in the future? It's not going to happen. So just keep that in mind going forward, I think. Okay. There's this too. Apparently the other day, I'm into jab stuff now, Michael Strahan, former NFL player and uh, TV personality, we'll call him, shot pusher, mask wearer, Good Morning America co-host, apparently his daughter Isabella has brain cancer. Interesting. And his daughter is approximately 21 years old with a brain tumor. Where'd you get the brain tumor? How'd that happen? Again, this would have put her around the age of 19 when the shots rolled out, at least 19, which would have made her a college student, and she was in the depths of being a college student at the time. I assume she was a college student. I think she was, and you know, like not uh, you know, not not in the workforce, so to speak. But either way, that would put her right dead center, smack dab in the middle of the jab COVID hysteria. So the next logical question is, how many shots did she take? I'm sorry, I got the age wrong. It says 19 years old. She's 19. Even so. That would put her at 16 or 17 years old when the shot hysteria rolled out. And it was, again, okay for them to take shots back then. Question still remains. 
How many shots did they take? Anybody making this connection? Or is it just sort of an oopsie? Just another typical 19-year-old with brain cancer? You know, how common is that? I saw, again, the very next headline next to this story was singer Michael Bolton also has uh, brain surgery on a brain tumor. Interesting. How many shots did he take? This is not a difficult connection to make. These dots are on top of each other. It's just individuals who don't want to see those dots. That, you know, that, that's not our problem. But it's certainly our job to make those connections and bring this up, whether they want to recognize it or not. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. But hey, when you play with the devil, that's what's likely to happen. I, don't, I really don't know what else to say. Um, here's the last thing I'm going to bring up, and it's this. We'll see if this gets legs or not. It may not, but who knows? Time will tell. This is from, let's see, from an Alex Craner. I'm saying their last name correct. Their substack is alexcraner.substack.com, and it's titled Alex Craner's Trend Compass. The article is titled COVID-19 Hoax Goes to Court. It says, please read, share, and act. Your action can make a difference to the future of humanity. Now, this has a specific interesting tie to Lloyd Austin, who, of course, is the Secretary of Defense. And this right here, I mean, he's directly implicated in this particular case. So here's what it says. It says, on Friday, January 5th of 2024, last Friday, of course, the Supreme Court of the United States agreed to hear the case about whether Donald Trump is eligible for Colorado's primary ballot. The same day, SCOTUS also began to discuss the merits of another possible much important case, Dan Robert and others versus Lloyd J. Austin III, Secretary of Defense and others, otherwise referred to as Robert V. Austin, filed by a legal team led by Andrew Shafley, Todd Callender, David Wilson, and Lisa McGee. Getting this case to the docket with a SCOTUS was in itself a major effort and a monumental achievement. If the, if the Supreme Court agrees to hear the case, and it could be days or weeks before they reach that decision, it will be a watershed moment, the first time that the public health response to COVID-19 and its grave implications will be challenged in court. Getting a court hearing matters hugely because this is how we establish incontrovertible truths to set them on record. As Todd Callender put it, courts are the finders of facts. Quote, we are refining the facts, we are refining the questions of law, questions of philosophy, society, God, and we are arriving at our baseline, what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. Ultimately, truth is the bedrock of liberty and deception is how liberty is taken from us. Indeed, it is no exaggeration to say that this case should be an epic fact-finding clash between good and evil. The clash in which you too can join the trenches of the freedom fighters. Please bear with me and read on. They list three questions here regarding their particular case that are apparently are formulated within uh, their lawsuit, which is, one, whether the unlawful implementation of the harmful COVID vaccine mandate in the armed services properly evades judicial review based on repeal of the mandate and separation of the service member who is a subject to recall to duty. 
Number two, whether it is proper and authorized for a court of appeals to engage in fact-finding while going outside of the record to dismiss service members' appeal without reaching its merits. And three, whether the government may properly force citizens to receive an experimental gene-modifying injection recognized in the medical literature as causing severe adverse effects. Todd Callender laid out the importance of pursuing these questions in his recent testimony before the Croatian parliament. Again, there's more of a background in discovery, and then people arguing whether or not, of course, the courts have jurisdiction or not. This is going to be a tough one again, because the Department of Defense is directly tied into the creation of this shot, so asking government to rule against government is kind of a difficult thing. And of course, it brings into bear the whole reality slash illusion of separation of powers, whether or not that is even a thing anymore these days. Again, we know that uh, Sonia Sotomayor, who sits on the court, believes all the COVID hysteria, which uh, unfortunately sort of backs up into an old substack that I wrote about this being the perfect crime. If the judiciary and the people in charge of enforcing the law or saying that something is lawful or not are simply brainwashed by what they're told and their feelings and their own previous actions and then the people around them and what the people around them tell them instead of the actual facts themselves, well, we know how they're going to rule. And it's not going to be based on fact. It'll more likely, unfortunately, be based on feelings. And then it says, uh, we, can kill this, we, we can kill this beast with a million cuts, how the mRNA mandates were defeated, and the article goes on and on. It's rather lengthy, but uh, you know, if you're interested, go ahead and bounce over and, and give that a read. Again, when it comes to these court cases in COVID, I, I think time will tell. I'm not holding my breath on any of it, but uh, it'll, you know, it'll depend. I think the inward plan in order to get it shut down first has to do, of course, with the violation of rights. I think that's the first thing. And the violation of everybody's constitutional God-given rights. Outside of that, getting these people to judge the actual factual science of this being a biological weapon and a depopulation agenda, that's a, that's, you know, that's a taller order. But who knows? Again, time will tell on all of this, I think. But 2024 is already already a bang up year and it's it's only going to get more jacked up. So let's hold on for the ride. What do you say? We'll do it together. It should be fun, I think, and horrific all at the exact same time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that said, thank you for listening. I will catch you on Monday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out americaneducationfm.com for more information. Take care and God bless.